Welcome to another Godcast from Whosoever, an online magazine for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender Christians. I'm Candace Shalou Hodge, the founder and editor of Whosoever. Thanks for joining us. Featured in this podcast is a recent interview I did with Episcopal Bishop Gene Robinson. But first, I invite you to check out whosoever.org if you haven't been here in a while. Our latest issue focuses on the theme of watching our tongues to make sure we're speaking love and kindness into a world that deeply hungers for that right now. Some of our best writers like Lori Hine, John Campbell, and Joseph Farns tackle the theme, and you can check it out at whosoever.org slash v17i2, or you can just access it from the homepage at whosoever.org. When Gene Robinson became the Episcopal Bishop of New Hampshire in 2003, he wore a bulletproof vest under his vestments during his ordination service. Robinson was the first openly gay person to be elected as a bishop within the Episcopal Church, and his ordination became a touchstone in the larger battle for equal rights for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people within both the church and larger society. Robinson faced death threats not just at his ordination, but all through his career as bishop, a post he will retire from at the end of this year. The reality that an openly gay man could hold such a high office in the church set off a firestorm within the larger Anglican communion, of which the Episcopal Church in America is part. Some churches chose to leave the denomination, others mainly in Africa protested loudly over Robinson's consecration. Their complaints were taken so seriously by Anglican leadership that Robinson was forbidden to attend the Anglican communion's worldwide Lambeth conference back in 2008. Robinson showed up in England anyway, and he held talks and events outside of the conference itself. Robinson has used his experience and his high position to pen a new book called God Believes in Love, Straight Talk About Gay Marriage, and he seeks to answer the 10 most popular questions he has heard about marriage equality for gay and lesbian people. In the book, he tackles questions like why marriage is even an issue for LGBT people, why straight people should support it, and why civil unions, while they're a good first step, simply won't be enough to satisfy the LGBT community. I spoke with Bishop Robinson recently and talked about the book and his feelings about the coming presidential election. My first question to him was, what prompted you to write a book about marriage equality? Uh, you know, it is the issue of our time. And and uh, as recently as 1990, you know, there was, a, there was a big debate in the gay community about whether or not we should press for marriage. And um, uh, thinking that the backlash to it would just be, would set us back. And, and here we are 20 years later, and it, it's a topic on everyone's mind, in every culture, in every denomination, even those who are clearly opposed, it's still, it's still up for grabs. And, and I think, um, whereas not too very long ago, most denominations were absolutely clear and certain about where they stood on this issue, and now we're in that that period of what I like to call holy chaos, uh, when when what seems so certain is not certain anymore. And my, my thought in writing the book was um, to imagine this conversation between me and someone who would probably describe themselves as being tolerant, but they're certainly not prepared to go all the way to uh, marriage for gay or lesbian couples. And so I wanted to <clears throat> sort of to try to get into the minds of those who who oppose this forward movement and and to be able to respond to their fears, really. Uh, you know, one of the things I've learned in the last nine years is that uh, fear is just so operative uh, in the culture. And, and the best way to deal with my opponents is to ask the question, uh, what are they afraid of? And then try to speak to those fears. 
it's it's sort of a different way of of getting to the argument, and uh, so that's I, I wanted to try to lay that out as as clearly as possible. And how did you choose the questions? Are these just the mo- the most popular ones you've heard? Well, you know, I've I've had countless conversations with such people, and and these are the things that always come up. Uh, different different ones of these questions, of course, have different power from different people, depending on where they're coming from. And you know, um, I, I guess uh, you know the other motivation was, you know, you can read a whole book on just the legal aspects, or you can read a whole book on the biblical thing. And I I wanted to try to uh, I don't know uh, make this a a Cliff's Notes version of the arguments uh, to sort of try to combine the religious arguments, the secular arguments, the social arguments, psychological, and all into one place. Um, most people are not going to take the time to to read a whole book on any one of those aspects, and I wanted to do sort of an overarching summary of, of those arguments, and that's that's what I hope I've, I've done. Um, and, you, and you've done a good job. Um, I'm, you know, as someone who has faced these questions a million times as well, um, I guess when when I read books such as yours, I'm always reading with the yeah, but sort of point of view. Right. Because you say you're trying to answer questions from good and loving people, but but my my cynicism goes, yeah, but what about those fanatics who aren't all that good and loving? I mean, what do we say to them or do we even say to them? Well, so so they are not my target audience. I mean, I've had a, a... enough contact with people who are just so far to that extreme that I, you know, I I think it's, I wouldn't call it a waste of time, but it's not going to be terribly productive. Uh, And and the target of this book are those people who, you know, who who feel kindly towards gay and lesbian people, but they perhaps not had uh, a direct experience of a gay couple uh, or of their families. Um, They've not... uh, had that kind of personal contact, and and so uh, it, it's this largely movable middle that I'm trying to to reach here. And and my sense is that <clears throat> there are a lot of people out there who need just a little help in getting over the hump to to become totally supportive. And and that was my intent in this book is to to reach that largely movable middle. Have you found um, in in exploring these answers to these questions with people have you have you found in real life that that some people have gone oh okay and and maybe have become convinced or closer to being convinced yeah i i actually have um uh in fact it's a it's a fairly common experience for me it's you know there's there's you know some one or two things that are holding people back and and you know what i th- i think the operative question is i don't think i put this in the book but um People are, a lot of people are sort of ready to be supportive, but they don't know what to say to their neighbor or coworker or other family member uh, when, when, they, when they're asked, well, how did, you, how did you change your mind or how do you get over this particular piece? And so uh, uh, part of the intent of the book is to, is to give people the words that they can use that when someone challenges them about why they're supportive, they have some notion of what to say. They're they're still there with their hearts, but but their minds haven't quite caught up. And they 
and they're worried about what to say to to someone who challenges them on that. And and, and my hope is to sort of give them a, a, a sample of the kinds of words that they can use in, in defending their positions. Well, that and that makes sense. That makes sense because I because I, I, people emotions are so deep with this issue. Right, right. And that if people change their minds, yeah, you're right. They they really they end up having to explain themselves, justify themselves. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. And they may not they may not have had the experience of of having to do that before. Right. Yeah, you talk about a real powerful exercise where uh people had to stand up and say that they were gay or lesbian even if they weren't. Yeah. Uh Right. And then censor themselves throughout the day. <laughs> It's it's an astounding experience for yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, uh, to to hear their feedback at the end of, of that day um, about what that was like, uh, most of them would say, "Oh my God, it was exhausting." Mm. You know, how how do you do that day after day after day, and um, and just to uh, and to realize how sort of built in their their heterosexual privilege is. Um, it, it's a it, it's a kind of a uh, an eye opening experience. Yeah, and and we gay and lesbian people do it all the time. We delete pronouns. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have absolutely. To- I mean, we become absolutely masterful at it, uh, and and you can do it in the in the blink of an eye. I mean, it it just becomes second nature. Absolutely. I still find myself doing it, even though I'm completely out. Yeah. I know. It, it's it's really true. Because you don't you don't practice those things for, for that long a period of time without getting really good at it. Yeah. I'll have to stop myself and go, Why am I doing that? You know, I can tell right, people about right. my partner here. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, exactly right. Tell me why you think marriage especially marriage is so important for um LGBT people and 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 maybe even why especially straight people should be supporting us and why this is not a redefinition I I do think that it is about uh achieving full and equal rights and 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 it has as much to do with respect as it does the law um and I think you know everyone everyone knows what marriage is and, you know, when your partner is bleeding to death in the emergency room and they won't let you back uh, to be with him or her, uh, that's not the time to start teaching, you know, the hospital staff about, uh, oh, yes, well, I have a civil union and, and, uh, and this gives me the privilege. You know, it's, it's not the right time. And if you say, I'm her wife, uh, everybody knows what that means. And everybody respects uh, all that comes along with that, and and which is why I think uh, at the end of the day, while while civil unions may be a step forward, it, it's not the answer. And and I think I think marriage is is important for us as LGBT people as well, in the sense that you know we're we're constantly working on our own self-esteem and we learned all those negative messages uh right along with all the straight people and and i i think as uh you know i've been out for 26 years right but but still it means something to me when i introduce my my partner as my husband i mean it just it it's hard to describe what a difference that makes 
Straying just a little bit from your book, I mean, President Barack Obama, you know, came out in favor of of marriage equality. Um, What's your opinion of his of his new position? And and do you think this is going to hurt him in the end as far as a reelection campaign goes? Well, I think the people that that uh, that it would hurt him with uh, weren't remotely going to vote for him anyway. And uh, and I think. Uh, you know, I, I I actually love the fact that he quote unquote evolved, because at the end of the day, uh, we all evolve, and and so it's a, it's a wonderful role model for how one changes one's mind about a big social issue like this. Uh, you know, I I believe that uh, in his heart, um, he was there a long time ago. But he was being advised, you know, to be very careful. Uh, you know, um, I got a wonderful, uh, Mark and I got a wonderful note from him uh, when we uh, uh, had our civil union. That was uh, two years before we got marriage equality. And, you know, it was just a wonderful thing about um, what what his relationship with Michelle had, had meant for him and that he wished the same for me and Mark. And, you know, it was really, really an amazing thing the 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 big thing that I think uh, was accomplished, and I don't think a lot of attention has been given to it, um, you know, we saw the poll numbers in the African-American community go from like, I think it was 37% uh, affirming of gay marriage to over 50% right after his his uh, announcement. And, you know, I think it that's a sign that, that the African-American community, particularly the religious community, were, they were doing their homework and they were, they were too evolving uh, on this issue. And I think the president's uh, coming out about marriage equality uh, sort of gave them cover to go public. And, and you know, they, they had been doing that work. Uh, it's not that all of a sudden they just changed, but, but it sort of gave them cover to, to say, yeah, me too. Actually, uh, when I think about it, uh, I'm supportive too, and I think that that was a huge uh, difference. Uh, and I think the the place where it's going to make a lot of difference um, is in the state of Maryland, uh, which is about to vote on marriage equality. And it was the African American community that that pretty much sank that in in uh, in Maryland. And and I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see uh, marriage come to. Um, to Maryland, and I and I think the president's announcement will be largely responsible. Well, on the other side, what's your opinion then of, of Mitt Romney, who at one time supported marriage equality? Um, you know, ran to the left of Teddy Kennedy when he was trying to get into the Senate, but right. now pushing this constitutional amendment against it and is right. really playing to the base. What What do you think about? Well, him? I mean, who, who knows what Mitt Romney thinks anymore? Uh, there's hardly a position that he's taken that he hasn't reversed himself on. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I choose to think that the early Romney is the real Romney, which is actually why uh, conservatives are so suspicious of him, um, that, that deep down he's, he's the more liberal guy that, that preceded the one we see now. And I think the Republican Party has has become so um, uh, held hostage by by the right wing of their party and and has has really precluded Mitt Romney from being who he really is in order to to uh, keep that base um, but it's just 
it is astounding to me that that anyone at this point would be uh, proposing a, a constitutional amendment. I, I I think that's going to go nowhere, even if Mitt Romney were to become president. And um, uh, it, it's mystifying to me. So what do you say? Because sometimes, I mean, even even though it is going very quickly, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, I would have never thought we would have a conversation of, with places that, you know, marriage was legal. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, I think it's important for for the for our community to to stop every once in a while and realize how how fast we've moved. I mean, of course, we're all impatient. Of course, we want our full and equal rights. At the same time, we have just made astounding progress in a, in a short amount of time. I don't think anyone could have ever, ever predicted it. So what do you say to keep our spirits up? Because sometimes it just, you know, the, the, the haters sometimes seems la- seem louder than they have been. Yeah. So what I, what I say uh, when I'm speaking to the LGBT community is, look, uh, here's, here's how we can, can keep our spirits up. We know how this is going to end. This is going to end with the full inclusion of LGBT people in the culture and in our religious institutions. That is how it's going to end. All we're arguing over now is timing. And and frankly, in my conversations with the conservatives who are at least open enough to have the conversation, they they know it too. They know it too, that, that, that it is a foregone conclusion, and all they're trying to do now is to delay uh, the inevitable. And so when, when you know how it's going to end, you can, you can absorb a setback here or there or a bad vote or a bad decision uh, because at the end of the day, you know uh, really how it's, how it's going to turn out. And um, I think uh, everyone, conservatives included, see this as an inevitable uh, momentum forward. So what's next for you? I retire at the end of this year as the sitting bishop of New Hampshire, and I'm going to be working half-time as a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress, which is John Podesta's think tank in D.C., uh, I've been doing some part-time work for them already, and I'll be um, going half-time with them, uh, of course, writing and speaking on LGBT issues, but also they want me to have a broader portfolio of you know, immigration reform, healthcare reform, uh, poverty uh, in America, that kind of thing. And, um, and so I'm really looking forward to having that, that forum and, and also uh, having some freer time to accept speaking engagements and, and so on around the country. Um, as a sitting bishop, I'm, I'm in a different one of my congregations every Sunday morning, and, uh, you know, I, I have to turn down anything that doesn't get me back to New Hampshire <laughs> by Sunday morning. So uh, it'll, I, I'm looking forward to not having so much of my my schedule and my time sort of predetermined for me. Bishop Robinson is featured in a new independent lens film called Love Free or Die that premieres on PBS. To find out more, go to pbs.org slash independent lens slash love dash free dash or dash die. Thanks so much for joining us for another Whosoever Magazine Godcast. We would love to hear your feedback. You can tell us your thoughts, comments, or suggestions by writing to us. Our email address is godcast at whosoever.org, or you can leave comments at our blog at whosoeverpods.blogspot.com. 
The theme music for our program has been graciously provided by Adam Kearley. If you'd like to join the Whosoever community, we have many online groups that you can join for fun and support. You can find Whosoeverans in your area when you join our Rainbow Fish groups. To find out more, go to whosoever.org slash rainbowfish. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider making a monetary donation to our ministry. It does take money to produce and broadcast this program and, of course, to keep our ministry on the web where we have been a valuable resource to our community for about 17 years now. So donate by credit card by going to our website at whosoever.org donate or you can send checks to Whosoever Ministries Incorporated, Post Office Box 727, Camden, South Carolina, 29021. Remember, Whosoever is a 501c3 nonprofit. That means all donations are tax deductible. Thanks for listening and may God bless you and keep you until we meet again.